About how we had changed, but I could tell things weren't going as well as he claimed. He tried to hide his feelings, but they only gave him away. The longer was, the more I kept wishing that. I knew the right words to say. Can you reach my friend? Good morning, Bring Tiffany. Bring to an end. Lord, I know you love him. Help him understand. Can you reach my friend? You're the only one who can help him give his heart to you. We talked for more than an hour. I smiled when he mentioned your name. I said that I knew you. I told him the difference. You made mm -hmm. But he never thought he would need you But maybe he's changing his mind As we said goodbye, Lord He told me that I had found Something that he'd like to find So can you reach my friend? You're the only one who can, Lord. Lord, I know you love him. Help him understand. Can you reach my friend? You're the only one who can. Help him give his heart to Maybe he's ready tonight. Lord, he said that he might need your call. Oh, you, oh, yeah, my Lord. I want to know. Really? Help him give his heart 
to you. Help him give his heart to you. Good morning, China. Amen. That was Can You Reach My Friend by Helen. Wanna wake up in my um, and we go right into this. All my people bow down to the king on the Come on. Come on. One minute. Wait a minute. We got one go minute. Go mansions. Just because I love going with a passion. Can't get you when the gates, but if you're asking, he'll give you that luck in your imagine. Living without all this grace. Sometimes I still get amazed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pressure for all of my days. Learn. Tell about the least I breathe in. Yeah. One time, one time. Yes, 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 yes. I want to thank you all for tuning in at this time. Amen. Um, go ahead, share this to your pages. Um, like I said, we don't all share the same family and friends. And so um, somebody on your page may be needing something from this. But again, this is... Um, this is to help you. This is to help guide you, lead you. This is for, you know, I was I was literally thinking about um my name is Brittany. I can't wait to change my Facebook name. I'm ready for church Sunday. Oh my. Hey Brittany. <laughs> Brittany, yes. Okay. Well, yeah, you have to change your name. Because <laughs> I thought it was China, but okay. I'm so glad, though, to see you on here. And yes, I cannot wait for Sunday service as well. And so for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, um, I always say share this to your page. Somebody on your page may need to be healed, may need some deliverance. This may need some encouraging words. I am Elder Serena Holloway. I pastor alongside my husband, uh, Bishop Christopher Holloway Sr. at Divine Worship Christian Center, Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, and so uh, we've been doing well, I've been doing ministry um, since well with him for some amount of time. But I've been um, I stepped into my calling and I accepted the calling and I surrendered my life to the Lord in 2009 when I did my initial sermon for the first time. And so I take that that day, May 24th, um, 2009, I take that day is when I surrendered my life totally over to the Lord. And I have not looked back since. It's been a struggle. It's been some trials and some tribulations. But through Christ, it has blessed me. It has encouraged me. It has totally brought me into a place where I need to be with the Lord. I, I had to realize I had to build my own relationship with Jesus. I had to find him for myself. I could no longer go on my husband's coattail. I could no longer go on the people in the house of God. I had to build my relationship with the Lord. And so when Bishop had us to um, learn this scripture, Galatians chapter six, 
He taught it. He had to study it for six months because my husband has always been a person of integrity. He always has been a person um, of his character. No, he's not perfect. And yes, he has made some mistakes, but he has never just pushed people because of their gifts. He has pushed people because he want to see their souls saved. He want to see them getting their, their mind together, their heart together. And that's what Galatians 6 is all about. Getting your heart together and having a spirit of empathy, not just compassion, but a spirit of empathy to help somebody else that was like you, that is on a path of destruction, that is on a path of unrighteousness, that is on a path that they should not be on. And so when Galatians chapter six tells us that we find our brethren overtaken in a fault, you that say that you are spiritual or to help restore them in the spirit of meekness. We got to be able to judge righteously, not judge unrighteously and not judge wrongly. But we need to learn how to judge righteously and how you judge righteously is not going off of gossip, not going off of rumor, not sowing discord, not sowing division. If you see a homosexual walking down the street, God still holds you accountable to say, hey, how you doing? Do you know that God still loves you? That's restoring people in the spirit of meekness. You may not have to lay hands. Sometimes you just got to speak into their life and let them know that Jesus is the Lord, that Jesus is the son of God, that Jesus is a healer and a deliverer. And he is able to convert any, any unbeliever to Christianity. Amen. And so that's what Galatians chapter six is all about. Also teaching us what we, what we reap is what, I mean, what we sow is what we reap. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And so that's just, again, a little short, a little something to get you to understand that we can't keep going into negativity. We got to be using positivity to be able to help our brother up and help push them on the way. Sometimes I said it on yesterday, you got to pull them out of the pit. You got to pull them out of the fire. Amen. And so that is what God wants us to do to help our friend, to help our loved one, to help our coworker, to help a stranger. And not only that, this Galatians chapter six is talking to the Christian. It's telling us, brethren, uh, woman of God, man of God, we are to help restore, this, restore the person that's been overtaken in a fault. So when I ask that question, what is overtaking you? Is it people? Is it drugs? Is it addictions? What is it? Is it your job? Is it your home? Is it relationships? Is it your marriage? What is it? So whatever it is that's overtaking you, then you are to be able to confess your faults one to another. Why? Because the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So you have to make up in your mind who is righteous. You have to make up in your mind who you can talk to. You have to make up in your mind who can you share your deepest, darkest secrets with and that you can confess those sins, those flaws, those faults, so that that person, that, that person that says that they're spiritual, they can help restore you back to me, uh, back to a place where you need to be in Jesus. Amen. But we ought to do it with love and compassion and empathy, not so much sympathy. Some people don't want you feeling sorry for them. Some people want you to help them. And I said it yesterday on my post. I'm not here to help, I mean, hurt you. I'm here to help you. And if I hurt you, it's only because I need to, to help you. Amen. Why? Because the scripture in Proverbs 27 and 5 says that open rebuke is better than secret love. 
I got love covers a multitude of sin. So it's not for me to uncover your sin. It's for me to uncover you so that you can see your sin so that you can be restored, that you can be delivered and so that you can be set free. But it's not for me to throw your stuff under the bus. It's not for me to gossip about what you have going on. It's not for me to speak negative into what you got going on. It's for me to use every positive force to give you what you need. And you may not like it. But if you feel like that the place that you are in is a good place, knowing that God, knowing that it's displeasing to God, then hey, go be great. Good morning, Pam. Go be great. Because at the end of the day, I me now making it personal, personal. I am a pastor. I am a servant of the Lord. I am a vessel that he uses for his people. Amen. And so because I am who he called me to be, I sometimes have to rebuke you. I sometimes, in the midst of exhorting you, I have to rebuke you. In the midst of me helping you, I have to rebuke you. In the midst of me pulling you up out of the fire, I have to rebuke you. What does that mean? I have to let you know what you've done that was wrong so that I can bring it to you so that I can show you this is where God wants you to be. Amen. And so this brings me to comfort for troubled Christians. Amen. And so I said I will read a, a paragraph of this day by day until we are completely done with this, um, this, this, um, well, I like to call it what is overtaking you positive versus negative. Amen. So listen, um, yesterday I talked about that. They're going to give us five lessons that we should and may learn from this refining and purging process. Some of us need to be purged. Some of us need to be refined. Some of us need to be restored. Some of us need to be recreated and reshaped and remolded by our potter. Who is our potter? Jesus Christ. He is our potter. God is our potter. They want to put us on the wheel and they want to reshape us and remold us and recreate us into what they would have us to be. Because when you come and become, when you become a new creature, old things are passed away. You no longer have the old mindset. You no longer have that old heart. You no longer have that old way of talking, that old way of thinking. Everything about you is going to change. Your walk will change. Your talk will change. Your attitude will change. Your character will change. Your integrity will change. The way you feel about sin will change. Your heart will become convicted against those things that you no longer are a part of. As long as you don't kick against the prick. That means when conviction, conviction begins to set in and you go ahead and do what you want to do anyway because of where your flesh is. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So listen, the first thing, the number one out of the five, one, he cares. He shall purge them as gold and silver. Malachi three and three. Never let Satan inject a doubt into your mind regarding God's love for you. Satan would take advantage of your present trial and grief to whisper in your ear that God doesn't care, but he does. You are so precious in his sight that nothing but the terms gold and silver can describe his concern. If gold and silver are precious to the refiner, how much more precious we must be to God. He paid a price far more than silver and gold for our redemption. It cost him the blood of his only begotten son. By comparison, he refers to silver and gold as corruptible. God gave all he had the atoning blood of his precious son to purchase our redemption. What a comfort this should be. We are his most prized possessions and he will allow nothing to harm us. 
that thing happened to you in his means of increasing the value of his precious property. This is accomplished by increasing its beauty and purity. If we were worthless objects, we would never know the heat of the refiner's fire or the touch of his skilled hand. Beloved, the next time you feel the heat of a fiery trial, thank God, Lord have mercy. It is proof of your push, I'm sorry. <laughs> it is proof of your preciousness to him. You are his blood bought child. You belong to him. You may be sure, you may be sure that he cares for his own. So know this, God cares for you. He loves you. He chastises you because he loves you. Amen. And so many times we do feel like God does not care about us because so many things we've done that was wrong. We find ourselves in places where we shouldn't be, or we find our place ourselves in place that we sh uh, uh, things that we should have not said we should have not done we are uh, we should have not went to but at the end of the day when you recognize where you are when you realize what you have done at that very moment at that very hour at that very second you can start repenting and asking god for forgiveness and when you start to repent and say lord i'm sorry for displeasing you. Lord, I'm sorry for hurting you. Lord, I'm sorry for not listening to you. Lord, I'm sorry for not praying. Lord, I'm sorry for not reading my word like I should. Lord, I'm not sorry that I didn't allow the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me. Lord, I'm sorry that I found myself in this place once again without, without using your guidance to push me into the direction that I should go. Lord, I'm sorry for uh, having wisdom in my own eyes. Lord, I'm sorry for thinking how I want to think. Lord, I'm sorry for allowing my flesh to take over instead of allowing your spirit to override my flesh. Lord, I'm sorry that I didn't stay where you told me to stay. Lord, I'm sorry. That's the beginning of repentance. You're asking for forgiveness. You're saying that I'm sorry. You're 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 opening up your spirit and you're humbling yourself and you're and you're bowing down to God and you're giving it all to him. You're surrendering all to him and you're letting him have it because you're letting it go. So you have to be able to understand that those who say that they are spiritual, I, I want you to pray and ask God to send you someone that will help push you to your greater. I want you, those that are on here, those that are listening, those who are watching, I want you to ask God, what must I do? What must I do to be saved? What must I do to be delivered? What must I do to be healed? What must I do to be set free? What must I do to pray for somebody to come into my life that will help give me what I need? What must I do? You are going to have that conversation with God for yourself. So many times, listen, thank you, Holy Spirit. I, I want to, let me put this, let me put this testimony out there. I, I said, I said, um, when I first started, if God leads me into testimony and, and giving an example of myself and using me as an example, then I'm willing and I'm ready to do that. And I am prepared. So let me say this to some of you. Some, let me let me say this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. My God, age is just a number. We all think that we have all the time in the world. We do not. 
we don't have all the time in the world. All we have is for today. The Bible tells us not to give thought for tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself. So you have to be able to understand that because we're in this place and we're building our relationship with the Lord and we're, we're trying to get our hearts together. We're trying to cleanse our heart. We're trying to cleanse our mind. But, but okay, so, so let me say this. What stopped me, what stopped me, what stopped me from getting to a place in God quicker than what I than than what I should have been than where I am now is because of hurt, pain, and betrayal. Those are three things that stopped me from really pushing myself into a positive place because I use all those negatives. What I just said: pain, hurt and betrayal and so many times the scripture tells us in proverbs that death and life lies in the power of the tongue and i always ask myself why is death always mentioned first because that is what we do that is what we do we always speak death first we always speak doubt first we always speak negativity first and that is not what the lord wants us to do he wants our spirit to override our flesh he doesn't want our flesh to override our spirit and so when you got hurt pain and betrayal in your heart it will cause you to be mean it will cause you to be angry it will cause you to be disrespectful it will cause you to be disobedient it will cause you to hate people it will cause you not to be around people it will cause you not to surrender your life to god because you will think that nothing will change and that you will never be healed that you will never be happy that you will never have this or you will never have that that is a negativity that god does not want us to have and he does not want us to walk into so when i say what is overtaking you this is personal so when we go to galatians chapter six um i did i talked about chapter one yesterday i mean verse one yesterday about how um where it says brethren if a man be overtaken in a fault you which are spiritual restore such a one in the spirit of meekness considering thyself lest thou also be tempted again you'll never you'll never know if you'll find yourself walking in the same shoes that somebody else just came out of oh my god you'll never know but what happens when you find yourself walking in the same shoes that somebody just came out of you're going to want somebody to pick you up as well so verse 2 says bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of christ what does that mean he said love your neighbor as you love yourself amen so listen to this no one should ever think he or she is totally independent and doesn't need help from others and no one should feel excused from the task of helping this galatians chapter six is twofold amen but listen I'm going to have to come off here just for a moment. Amen. And y'all have to follow me on later. And I will explain that later. Okay. But um, I thank you all for tuning in this, <clears throat> excuse me, this far. Pray for me that I will continue to be used by God. 
but I have to come off of here now. But we will, we will continue this on tomorrow at 8 a.m. God bless you and know that I love you, but God loves you more. Amen. Amen.